And there we go. Welcome back to episode three of Friday Night Trequatistas. Before we begin, I'm just going to say a couple of messages before we crack on with the episode. First of all, Salim won't be with us today. So he's got COVID. So all of us here wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he's back on next week or the week after. It's going to be four of us and a brand new guest. So it's going to be a different format to the episode and we're going to get going. But how's everyone been this week? Yeah, it's been a good week, to be fair. I mean, we've got a new president in the United States of America, which uh, I guess everybody's happy about. Everyone's happy about. And we've got another lockdown. So we're in lockdown two in the UK as well, which is fantastic. So I'm at home, just keeping busy. And obviously the podcast is on my mind all the time. Hence our WhatsApp group, just all of my messages are just coming through. But it's all well and good. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to introduce to you our guest, who's our first guest of Friday Night Trequatistas. So his name is Danny Siggers. I met him on the PFSA football scouting course. And he's got a story or two to tell about his up-and-coming academy and his love of West Ham and a few other things that I'll be happy to talk to him about. And I'm pretty sure the rest of us have got some questions for him. Definitely. It's good to be here as well. Uh, I've been Obviously, I've watched episode one after knowing Hamza and it was really funny. I'm definitely going to chime in on my Messi and Ronaldo uh, argument. And yeah, just anything you want to ask, then just go ahead and I'm, I'm good to go. So if you can just tell us a bit about what you're doing at the moment, because again, when I met you on the scouting course, it was quite fascinating how you looked at starting your own academy. If you can just tell the guys about us and the listeners at home what you're currently doing, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, of course. So at the moment, obviously, lockdown is keeping the football a little bit on a back foot. Um, so I'm helping out with uh, my girlfriend's mum at the hospital that I work at, like just part-time. Um, so hence like, while I'm still at work and I've just done a 12-hour shift, so excuse if I look a little tired. Um, but during the week, I oh, know, cheers, it's been, it's been a long day. <laughs> I think I've watched more injections today than I have done in the last month. So um, the people need the help. So, All right, so um, with myself, I've been, a, I've been a player all my life. Uh, I'm a goalkeeper by trade. So when I was six years old, I was... I was stuck in goal because no one else wanted to. And I was, I was quoted the cat at six years old and I, I loved it. And I was, I've never turned back from it since. I've never wanted sorry to be to in another position. You, but, sorry to interrupt you, but I swear, I'm pretty sure that's like every goalkeeper's story. Like, exactly, no one else wanted man. to be in goal. Like, it's crazy. I was, I was more than for it. I was like, look, if I can't score properly, then I'll just stop everyone else from scoring. <laughs> and that's my, uh, that's my quote-unquote trade. So I've done that all my life. Uh, I've been in and out of academies since I was 12. Um, got released by Leighton Orient when I was 16. Um, did a did a little bit in the states as well on a scholarship um, before injuries just plagued my life. Unfortunately, just like every other story as well. And um, what kind of injuries? I'm now did you looking. Oh, where do I start? So um, the main reason why uh, I was I sent back from the US is I tore all my shoulder muscles, my rotator cuff muscles uh, in my shoulder. Um, and they said to me like, look, you can you can do the surgery in America. It's going to cost you $40,000 minimum um, or, or you can go home and use that lovely thing called the NHS that you've got and um, and come back when you're ready. And uh, I, the, the waiting list for the surgery was like a year, two years. And I was like, you know what? I think this is my time. I think this is uh, this is it. So um, I said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to. I chose, I chose education instead. I've got a degree. I'm doing a, a post uh, post uh, graduate degree. Now I'm doing a master's. And I'm uh, just looking to build on my own coaching, which is, uh, cheers, uh, looking to build on my own coaching at the moment with my own academy, Next Up Academy, which I'm looking to take into the most, the broadest horizons that they, I can see at the moment. So. That's cool, That's man. Fantastic. Where were you based in America? 
uh, North Carolina, the University of Wingate. Google it. It's one of the it's one of the biggest ones. They were NCAA two, which means they're the second division. Um, but it was it was the weirdest experience of my life. So coming from a very small club at Leighton Orient to to doing that. So for example, Leighton Orient, you'd have to buy your own drinks. You'd get like you'd have to go and buy your own boots, socks, everything. The kit was given to you, but that was just a bit of a blessing. But as soon as I landed off the plane, I was handed all gear. I was handed all the gear, like kit, tracksuit, gloves, boots. And um, was told, look, here's your first training session. It's going to be six o'clock tomorrow morning because of the heat. It's too much to train after six o'clock. Um, it was 36 degrees every day out there at about seven o'clock in the morning. So you had to train on them early in the morning. And then they were like, oh, yeah, once you're done. Oh, it was honest. I, even as a ginger, I'm, I'm good with heat. Um, <laughs> I was there. I got a little bit, I got a little bit golden brown. Um, out there in my time but um, yeah so they they give you all the stuff for free they said look here's a, here's a card breakfast is in the cafeteria go and meet your new teammates um, and then once you're done go go to the Gatorade truck get yourself some Gatorade for the week and uh, all free of charge and then go back to your dorm room you've got yoga in two hours it's like it's just a crazy experience and I, I hope I literally hope that a lot of people getting released from academies now can now see maybe the US as a viable option um, to can I ask a question to being released yeah go for it man yeah so how old are you now if you don't want me asking i'm 22 now so i'm, I'm still 22, I'm 22 still, years yeah, of age yeah, yeah. still young like do you get some times where you've got that feeling inside of you like i wish i was i wish i was there like whether you're watching football you're playing i wish did you still get that kind of feeling 100 percent, man i think until the day i die i'll have a feeling that i feel like i could have gone in football i'll explain i think hamza's got some questions about like academies and stuff but from the from the day i was signed to charlton at the age of 12 i was told i was going to be the next big thing i was told look if you develop at the rate that you're developing at the moment you're going to be in an, like a scholarship by 16 uh youth cup by 18 and then hopefully england by the age of 22 that was what i was told and he was telling I feel like i was yeah, i was just i was told this all my life and then you, when you get given that like that end goal you can see like in the in the in the horizons it's such a shame that like i look at my, i look at my footballing career now and i'm like oh i could have i could have gone so far and like all my friends around me like i'm sure hams has mentioned to you one of my best friends from from school for kayo tamori for kayo um yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. now he's Classic now playing Kaya. for chelsea yeah. and like and we were always the in our class it was him it was me and for kayo just the only two that were like, oh, if, if we're picking a football team, we want we want him and Fakayo on our team. Like, Danny and Fakayo are going to be the two on our team. And it was since that age, everyone who now sees me is like, do you still play football? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually a coach now. Um, and they're actually a little bit shocked by it. But I, I turned down a couple of opportunities in, in the UK. Like I got turned, I turned down to be the youngest ever um, goalkeeper at Dartford. When I, was, when I was at Dartford, they offered me to be signed on there. Turned it down for my education. Um, and I've been offered to go and play semi-pro a couple of times mm. and I've just I've turned it down for coaching so I've got to make something out of my coaching otherwise I'll be uh, I'll be distraught so, yeah, 100% you, you still need it in your life right? yeah yeah I'm just ugh, mate if um, if you guys ever need a spare goalkeeper at your seven aside five aside what do you call it Friday night football <laughs> don't worry, I'm on I'm on the next train Boris if Boris allows me I'm on the next train I'll pay for the train oh, ticket don't worry you're on my team for the don't, worry, don't worry about that honestly honestly no one wants <laughs> to go and go I'm the first person to go and go no one's scoring can, can we have him on my team bring yourself and Fikayo with you 
I'll make Fakao will drive me up and then I don't have to get the train, so it's fine. <laughs> but again, they're both my team as well, so it's all good. Fakao oh. and me at the back, we're all good. No one, no one is scoring past them in that game. Whoever, whoever, you know, 100%. No. We'll, we'll, we'll play 2v7 2v7 just he can run believe it or not believe it or not when he played for our school team and when he was younger he was a centre mid he was like an attacking oh, centre really? mid he was like an Eze for Crystal Palace at the moment my, oh, my wow. fondest memory we, we played a school game and it was like the semi-final of the of the cup in the school game um, mm. I was allowed to play because I, I, I had to pretend I didn't play for Crystal Palace at the time that was another club I was at and he was at Chelsea. So we were, we were under the radar. And um, corner comes in. I collect the corner freely. And he calls for it on the edge of his own box. I roll it to him. He, believe it or not, he goes through every single player on that entire team on the edge of the box and chips the keeper. No. And it's the crazy... Wow. To my day, to, to this day, it's the craziest goal I've seen in a school game. And I go back to the school quite often. And the teachers always say to me, like, do you remember that goal in the, in the semi against, uh, I think it was like a Gillingham team? Like, do you remember that goal? And I'm like, yeah, like, at least I got the assist for it and I didn't get anything else. So. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it, I mean, it looks like he's going to be a great player. Yeah. They brought in Thiago Silva, didn't they, at the beginning of the year? And um, yeah. they've now got that senior figure. And I feel like they've just sort of, uh, they've sort of thrown him under the bus a little bit. But hopefully, um, as soon as, every time he plays, I remember when he played against Liverpool at the beginning of the year, um, and Twitter went mental. Twitter went crazy. It was like, oh, Fakir, he's on. He's the next big thing again. Like, why is he not starting? And then just since then, he's just he's just fallen back a little bit. So hopefully, he can he can get back into his form. Uh, how, how how many stories how many stories do you see that coming out of Chelsea? Though? I mean, they've, they've never mm-hmm. historically they've never been the best at all in terms of producing young players. Look at the amount of young players they've had that was supposed to be the next best thing. But at Chelsea, it's just not it's not the club. You, you can do that, right? No, not at all. So, like you said, it's crazy. So, Declan Rice is probably one of them as well from, from my oh, West Ham team. Oh, yeah, that, he's quality. Yeah. The fact that they sent to him at 16, like, look, you're not really that good, like, send you out. West Ham took him on. Um, and then since then, he's just he's just absolutely gone on. And I think, did, didn't Bamford play for him at one time as well? Was that another yeah, one? Yeah, Bam- Bamford did as well. And he's killing it for Leeds. Absolutely. You look, at, yeah. you look at Bamford yeah. now, look, Hatrick against Spingy. We won't mention that hat trick though, because he, oh, he's not here. <laughs> he's, not here. <laughs> he's not here. So I it's wish he was. I wish he was. The perfect hat trick. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't. I can't remember a better hat trick like recently or in the last few years than that. That was an unbelievable hat trick. It had everything. Sorry, in terms of Chelsea centre backs as well, you've got five centre backs who are right-footed as well, and are of a similar build: Christensen, Zuma, Silva, Tomori, and Rudiger. So they're all just yeah. going to be there playing the same type of way. It'll be Thiago Silva and someone else at the back as well. But speaking of Declan Rice, how valuable is he to your team at the moment for West Ham? Suchek and Rice in midfield is amazing. At midfield, and I hate to say it, has pushed Mark Noble out of the West Ham squad. And when you push a club legend like Mark Noble out of a West Ham squad, you've got to be be doing something right. I think Suchek is probably a little bit more experienced at this moment in time. I absolutely love him as a player. I think... Whoever the scouting uh, director at West Ham is, you've got Suchik and uh, Kufal from Slavia Prague needs a pay rise. Um, but no, Declan Rice can be huge. I think he's worth definitely over 100 million. And I, I'll say that with... Ooh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll write ooh. any sort of money but, on okay, it. You, you, you've got to justify why you're putting that kind of figure out there. No, I'm cool. agreeing. English, I'm agreeing with that. English, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. Oh. In, English centre midfielder. 
Um, if you try and name me another defensive yeah, midfielder, that adds on about fifty. That's a fifty-six. Yeah. yeah, that's fifty. That's 50, yeah. 56 million for the England national team. If you can tell me another defensive midfielder who's better than Declan Rice at this moment in time, I'll eat my shoe. <sighs> Right now, <laughs> Gareth Southgate. Right, fair enough. Fair Southgate enough. likes to play Phillips from Leeds, doesn't he? No, fair enough. Yeah, similar player, similar player, just a little bit more attacking minded. I feel. Mm. Um, but Declan Rice ran out. If Chelsea wanna, Chelsea wanna splash his cash. They're gonna have to spend at least a hundred million. I think. I think we'll let them as well. I think West Ham will let them. Yeah, okay, that's, if, if, any any club turns down a hundred million for a player, they are either Man City or. Borussia Dortmund. Talk to, talk to, talk to Borussia Dortmund, bro. <laughs> oh, for Sancho. <laughs> nah, they didn't need it at all. But no, that, that was one of those things with West Ham. They spent a lot of money over the last 10 years, but not all of them have been hits in terms of your signings and a lot of that was sales as well. But going forward, yeah. it looks like you've got the right scouting department there and you've got the right people hiring, which is fantastic. 100%. Our last four signings have been Ben Rama, Kufau, uh, Jared Bowen from Hull as well, who I, I like the look of when he was at Hull, and I'm I'm glad that we n- nabbed him off of um, off I think Crystal Palace wanted him as well. Yeah, and uh, obviously Suchek in the summer as well. Like, you look at those four signings; they exactly what we needed, um, and it does exactly the job which we need to do to take forward. Just I'm just very skeptical about Moyes taking us forwards. I feel he's not the man for the job, but we'll have to see, won't we? We'll have to see. Because you've gone from Bilic to Pellegrini to Moyes. So how does that yeah. feel to you? Because Bilic got you like top seven once upon a time. How does that feel? Bilic, Bilic was the saviour. Bilic was the one which was going to save us. And a couple of bad games in, in a I, time I love where... I as a manager. Yeah, he's incredible. He's, you know, you look what he's doing at West yeah. Brom as well. Um, and then Pellegrini I wasn't too fond of either. I thought I knew his tactics. You know, well, you know a manager's going to be a bit sceptical when his first signing is Pablo Zabaleta. Um, that's always <laughs> going to be... That's always going to be a bit of a sceptical manager. Man City legend. Yeah, Man City legend, but you put him up against any winger in the Premier League and he's sending him to the next oh, retirement yeah. home. <laughs> he was quite old when he signed as well. He was like 30 plus, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was on his way out, man. That's my... He, and he's, he went to West Ham for that paycheck. Like, that's, that's, that's what he was good for, really. Because there was that it time was, when um, Mikhail Antonio was playing as a right wing back. I'm not sure if it was under mm-hmm. Bilic or Moyes, but he's playing as a right wing back when Arnautovic. That was, was, was under Pellegrini. Pellegrini playing as a right wing back. Yeah. And he was smashing it. He was absolutely smashing it. And it was just like, oh, he's doing well, so we'll stick him there and he'll, he'll see what he can do. But can. No, I just. Oh. How have you not spoke about Dimitri Payet yet? Can we just speak about, about Dimitri Payet? Oh, I don't, I don't know who, what that name is, unfortunately. I'm. Give me, give me your opinions on him as a player, as a footballer. I want to, I want to, I want to know. As a footballer, he's the best footballer we've seen. Yeah, he's the best footballer West Ham has seen in the last ten years. Um, the the goals he produced, and even just when he was on the pitch, his presence was always felt. The the last player that I can think had that reaction is Tevez. Um, yeah. And obviously we saw how that worked out. I feel any club that he went to, and you can compare the stats of him in chance creation, he was up there with the likes of Messi, Kevin De Bruyne, Isco of Real Madrid. And at West Ham, if he's doing that, if, if he's creating those amount of chances at West Ham, I'm just so surprised that at Marseille, he's, he's, he's doing it, but he's not getting the same credibility. I feel like maybe it's not seen on the same level as the Premier League. Um, but yeah, because after league. he left West Ham, after he left West Ham, when you think of Dimitri Payet, anyone in the world think of Dimitri Payet, all they will think of is his time at West Ham. 
Yeah, no one. Hundred percent. I don't know about his time at Marseille or anywhere else. It was West Ham. Yeah, so I don't understand. Like, what was the reason he wanted to move in the first place? I mean, he didn't. He didn't go to a Barcelona or Real Madrid. He went to Marseille. He was home. Like, so wasn't he? That's when we went back to Marseille. Yeah. He came from Marseille originally. Um, for, for quite a cheap price. I think we got him for around 15 million. I don't really want to quote myself on that, but I think it was a, it was a very, very cheap price. Um, he was our best player. He was our MVP every year. He was, he was the GOAT of our club. Every fan loved him. But I think he always wanted Champions League football. I think playing once a week and maybe getting a, a draw against Aston Villa. Um, I remember that game. We were losing 1-0 and he ran through the whole team and scored and it was 1-1. Um, you, you always want the next level as a player. And I feel like Marseille, usually in the Europa League or in the Champions League most years, if I'm not, if I'm not correct, obviously I know PSG yeah. are going to storm the league every year, but you look at Lyon, the next one after Lyon is probably Marseille. Yeah, Rennes um, are catching them as well. So it's just been a bit more yeah. competitive these last few years. But yeah, Marseille were there around the time, which makes complete sense. So it, it makes a lot of sense. But to say, because the, the issue was, because no one would have minded him if he left at a natural level. He went, look, See you guys later. I'm not playing for you anymore until you sell me. Um, and he didn't turn up for training. He was on the. He didn't turn up for matches. When we did play him, he didn't didn't play well. So it's a very tough situation. But I'm, I'm glad he's gone now. I'm glad he's gone. That's frustrating. As a fan, you hate. As a fan, you hate it. And then you end up hating, despising him. I don't blame you. Hundred percent. And I can't really name another. Maybe the only other one I can think of that had that sort of situation was Van Persie. Maybe when he went to United. I know Arsenal. Oh, yeah, fans but sort of, sort as of a United fan, I love that. <laughs> yeah, you had a good, you had a good old time with him, didn't you? Yeah, you won us the you won us the league, really. I was just going to ask you. By the sounds of it, it takes like you're a very very diehard West Ham fan. Um, yes. So obviously, you guys recently moved stadium. Um, I guess, do you go to the stadium quite a lot? Um, sorry, how was that? I've, I've been a few times. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I'm in a position where I can afford tickets. That's the first point I'm going to mention. Because um, ticket prices are absolutely astronomical. Um, if, you want a good seat, if you want a good seat for a West Ham match, even if it's West Ham, say, I remember when I went, it was West Ham, Bournemouth. And, uh, and for a rubbish seat, I paid £35 ticket. And I know for a good seat, it'd be about £55, £60 a, a ticket for any game, regardless of what it is. That's probably similar to Crazy. Old Trafford as well. Yeah. Old Trafford, Old Trafford, the max, I think the max is about 40 quid. No, nah, max is around 55, 65. But those are like season ticket holders. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Depends okay. on the game, if it's a Category A game. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arsenal, yeah. I mean, I paid for a ticket was £150, but that was off a, that was off a reseller. Oh my God. Man United versus Liverpool. Man United versus Liverpool. Man United versus Liverpool. Like, like was, was it not like, being shown on TV or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. But come on, beat Old Trafford during Man United versus Liverpool is you can't you can't beat that man. It's priceless. Nah, we only drawed one one. Ibrahimovic equalised, but but yeah. no, nah, no. The state going back to the stadium point, Bish. Uh, like yeah. the move was was the next best, they promised us so much. They were, look, we're going to get Europa League football. We're going to bring in the best players. We're going to get rid of all the, the scrap within the team. And the gold Sullivan Brady movement is just full of lies. And I hope that we sell the club as soon as possible. If, even if that means sort of losing a, a bit to then get our owners out. Brady, Sullivan and gold are the worst owners in 
English football, I want to say, minus maybe the Charlton ones in their time and Wigan, etc. In the Premier League, the worst owners, they spend all their revenue that they make on their own businesses. So, for example, I think, I can't remember exactly who it is. I believe it's Sullivan. His wife owns Ann Summers or very large like ownership in Ann Summers. And there was more of a profit added into Ann Summers this year from an external source than there was into West Ham. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, where, where's that coming from? <laughs> we got yeah, we sell a player for five million, and then suddenly five million's going into Ann Summers's bank account. Like, oh, okay, that's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a sticky situation. But I, the stadium itself is quite good. I think you need to just remove the running track. You need to make it a bit more atmospheric. But and we can sell out sixty thousand seats if it was cheaper. I think the season ticket itself is like half the stadium done. And then you just, yeah, but so it's, it's a difficult situation for any team at that level. And I feel West Ham tried to make the step up a little bit too early. But when you get promised these things, it's, you, can only, you can only take them, can't you? You can only say, look, I'll take it on the chin. Yeah, and that's the thing about supporting West Ham because you compete with Tottenham at the same time in terms of moving to a different stadium around the same kind of era. And you're both looking at the Olympic Stadium, but... Again, a lot of West Ham fans, and I have a friend who, one of my primary school friends, who's a big West Ham fan. So I know what it's like for you firsthand when you go from up to Park, when you're enjoying every weekend of your life, going to watch the, the Hammers, win, lose or draw, you're having a fun time at Upton Park. But going to the Olympic Stadium, it's not the same because it's like one of those old school Italian grounds. Again, again we did our five-a-sides last week, but this week, because Danny's our guest, we're going to do it in honour of West Ham. So we're going to do our five-a-sides for West Ham United. This time I'll start. Uh, off the top of my head, let's go for... Could I have in goal? Let's go for Fabianski in goal. Let's go for... I'll switch it up a bit because everyone had similar teams last week. So I'll go for Winston Reid at the back, centre-back. I think it was a class... Great choice. Great choice. Midfield, I'd go for Dimitri Payet. He's one of those classic, the streets will never forget type players. And he would just ruin you on the street. Then it's a switch between Arnautovic or Antonio, but I might go for Antonio. I know you don't like Arnautovic. Arnautovic, I know, but Arnautovic is he's quality man. He when he on his day, he's absolutely unstoppable. His day just didn't arrive that often. He's one of those players, isn't it? Yeah, that's the only thing. And then up front, I want to be loyal to Man United. So between Teddy Sheringham and Carlos Tevez, but because it's it's a five-a-side game, I'm going to go for Carlos Tevez every day of the week. Man United fans will get annoyed, but he was an amazing striker. So, yeah, just to confirm, Fabianski, Winston Reid, Antonio Payet, and Carlos Tevez. That was a lot easier than last week. Go on, who wants to go next for their five-a-side? Shall I go next? Go on then. Go for it. Okay, so... I'm I'm secretly judging these, by the way. I'm secretly judging these. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I went with more with loyalty over how did they perform on a five-side pitch. So, in goal, I've got... I can't say his first name, but do you, do you see Jaskalainen? Jaskalainen. The reason why I've gone with him is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I mean, I think he only played a few games, but um, when I think of the Premier League, like, growing up, like, he's one of the faces that are in my head. Like, he's just like a Premier League... He's a Premier League legend, isn't he? Like, no matter... You know, always used to see him. So, I went with him in goal. Defence, you've got to go with Rio. Went with Rio uh, in the back. One of the greatest defenders ever. And also, obviously, he played for Man United. Then I've gone with Michael Carrick. One of the greatest 
midfield as ever. <laughs> Played for Man United. Um, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I sense, I sense a bias here, Aaron. I sense a bias here. Oh, mate, mate, you tell him. Well, I don't you know why people are laughing. These are great. <laughs> These are great players. Then, then I've gone with Teddy Sheringham. Um, great player again. Played for Man United yeah. as well. Um, and then I'm going to go with Paul Lintz. Again, a great player. Played for Man United. <laughs> For the record, for the record, I'm only choosing players who yep. who played at West Ham when I saw them play at West Ham, not like Rio Ferdinand. I only saw him from Leeds onwards, so I can't go. Oh, Rio Ferdinand was great, but that's how I'm yeah. going for my teams. Just so you're aware. Okay, okay, yeah. So that that's my that's my five, and I think it's a great five. We change the keeper, but yeah, it's a sick five inside team. Yeah, I was decent, man. He's better at Bolton, but yeah, go on. Then. Who's next? So, I'll go next. I've got Fabianski in goal. I think he's a top goalkeeper. Um, you know, he's a good shot stopper. Then I've got Rio Ferdinand in defence. Um, yeah, he's just world class. I don't need to say anything else. Then I've got Dimitri Payet, Declan Rice, and Carlos Tevez. I think that's... Okay. Uh, very, very strong five-a-side and it'll be very tough to beat them. Declan Rice would hammer us on a five-a-side pitch. My, my five-a-side is very similar to yours, Vish. Did you copy yeah. me? No, I didn't, man. Look, I've, I've made notes here, mate. I've made notes. <laughs> I, I had, I had uh, Fabianski in goal as well. I had Rio Ferdinand because, uh, you know what, he's one of the few United players that I do actually like, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> um, He's definitely going to be in there because he's solid as well. Um, Declan Rice because he's Declan Rice. I think Declan Rice is a is a top quality player, man. Like, you know, obviously Chelsea's after him, but you know, they should definitely go for him as well. Um, then Dimitri Payet because you know, quality. Um, he was like, he, yeah, he was um, he was easily one of their best players in the past ten years, easy, and. Um, um, up front, uh, Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez. But I like the Tevez You're that was a Man United player, by the way. I was. I, I like the Tevez that was at City, not United. Just saying. I'm making the highlights real. Go on, Danny. Before you choose yours, who do you think's got the best team? Uh, of all of us. So if we're if we're looking at, even though I hate to say it. I think Arabs team is, is probably the, the the best team, and that's because when you, when you look at legacy and the concept of legacy, I feel like a lot of the West Ham players that have been mentioned, they're just not there yet. They're just well. When you look at like Rio and you look at like Teddy Sheringham, like, Teddy's one of the best of all time. Um, I've got to give it, and I've gone a similar route. You you'll be surprised. My thinking was they were great, but at other clubs, not great at West Ham. But I get what Arabs done there because I was going to say someone like Joe Cole, but he was better at Chelsea. Kind of thing, but I was no. gonna say Paulo Di Canio. Yeah, but same I only saw him in his latter years as well. So I'm only going for players that I've saw. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's I only me. Seen like two, three, yeah. I only seen two, three games of his. I don't even remember him, mm. so I couldn't really play it. Go on, Danny. Let's see what you got. All right, okay. So I, I'm I'm doing this for the West Ham fans. Obviously, I've got my kit on as well. I made sure I wear my kit. I've cried in that. It's got to be one of the kids. This um, has been the highlights reel. In so goal. You don't worry. In goal. And you're going to be surprised. It's the reason why I'm a goalkeeper. 
Shaka Hislop. Does anyone remember Shaka Hislop? 2002-2003 era, I remember him. That guy was the real deal. Uh, he was the, he, he got um, dropped for Rob Green, and that's probably the only goalkeeper at the time who could have been dropped from it. The guy was unreal. The best goalkeeper in the and he's the reason when I when I'm looking at back at my childhood, and I'm like, okay, who can I compare myself to uh, as a goalkeeper? Shaka Hislop is the guy. So I have to I have to put it on the honor like the the honorary number one of thirteen. Um, so I've got to go with him. Can I, I've got some honourable mentions as well because I feel like if I say the rest of my team and these people are left out, I, as a West Ham fan, I'll be heartfelt. The no, honourable mentions to go it. to Kevin, Kevin Nolan. What he did for us at the time. He got you promoted, didn't he? Kevin Nolan with the chicken. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not exactly, he's not exactly the, the person who got us promoted. and He's in my team, the person who got us promoted. Um, and then other honourable mentions, Colin Cole. Colton Cole at the club did amazing things for us. He was, again, another championship player that got us out. Mark Noble, again, it won't be said without... And then the last one, honourable mention, is Winston Reid. Who, who mentioned Winston Reid? Who had it in their team? Fantastic, Me. fantastic win. I'm very disappointed of him at the moment because he's out in America living life at Sporting Kansas City. But <laughs> So, yeah, let, let me continue. So, goalkeeper, Shaka Hislop is the reason why I'm a goalkeeper. I'm going two at the back. That's just a little bit more safe. Number one, Bobby Moore. I think even on a five-a-side pitch, Bobby Moore would, would do things that any defender couldn't do in this day and age. You look at some of the clips of, of, of him playing and every single person that's played against Bobby Moore has said he's the greatest of all time. He's up there with Beckenbauer, he's up there with Maldini. And then the second defender, I've gone for Paul Koncheski, the probably one of the best left-backs at the time. The goal against Liverpool in the, in the cup final, phenomenal. Uh, in the middle, again, this was a, this was a tricky one. This was a very very tricky one. I've gone I've gone with Tevez. I've gone with Tevez as as a, like an attacking midfielder. Um, he can play in all those positions, and he's got the rabid dog energy to run around this five side pitch and get us going. And then up top, my hero, the man who I ever met, I think I proposed to him there and then, uh, Ricardo Vaz. They did for, against Blackpool at Wembley. That went it. Ball falls for Carton Cole, lays it off to Vazde and then Vazde scores and, and puts us into the Premier League. And I, I cried that day. I cried a man tear that day. Yeah, I was only about 10, but I cried a man tear that day. It was the, one of the best days of my life and I won't ever forget it. So if Ricardo Vazde is out there and he's listening to Friday Night Trek Artistas, okay, send me a DM and we'll go for dinner one day. So that's my fun side too. We'll fit the bill, don't worry. But no, I think that's, <laughs> that perfectly sums up the difference between like how cult heroes are viewed compared to how opposition fans see the players. Because we just see the amazing talents of Payet and Arnautovic and Antonio Tevez. But I really like how you just summed it up there about how everyone was in there. Because I, I wouldn't be comfortable putting Bobby Moore in there because I've never seen him play. Just archive footage. But I'd have to go for someone that I wanted. But I think we all did really well there. Arif has got Paul Ince in there. He'd just break, yeah, but... he'd break people's legs, which would be quite funny. Well, yeah. West Man United, maybe, but you know, we were, <laughs> I think that's we're the title of our that. podcast episode three West Man United. That's West it, Man United. Danny's helped us out there, and yeah, just to finish off the episode because again, we were doing our scouting course together, Danny. I just wanted yes. to talk to you just about what you're doing with uh, your, your academy at the moment, how you're looking at growing that, and 
just the importance of helping other people grow and thrive, like not just the players and you view them as players, but how you view them as people. So again, if you yeah, can just yeah, explain no, that you, to us. You've, you've nailed it perfectly. So I've been a coach now for, for about five, six years and I've seen talent. You see talent come and go on a, on a daily basis, whether that be on a Saturday morning in the freezing cold rain and this kid's doing Ronaldo chops and skills around the entire team. Or you see a leader on a pitch and you go, this boy's got something about him. Um, and what I'm, what I'm trying to do with my business is take those players on board. Um, I won't even call it a business. I'd call it more of like a development project. It's just, it's just I'm lucky and I'm in a position where I can call it a business because it's my own entity and it's what I, it's what I love, it's what I live and breathe. Um, so I'm looking to take maybe the players which go under the radar as such and bring them to the forefront. There's, if you look at the, the grassroots English talent that's on display around the, around the country, they're, they're, the talent is unreal, but they, they don't get spotted because oh, maybe they're just playing at this little local club. And you, you've probably all seen it as well. It like you might have a friend which you've gone, this player could have gone somewhere if he'd have been spotted. If he'd have, if he'd have, um, if he'd have had that little bit of a, of a gut instinct to go and play for a team and go and play in this final or do not. So um, I'm looking to take my business into developing the players that need to be seen and then using my platform and my social network to then try and get them seen and get them to the highest of their ability. And I've, I've already done a few. So I've got a few players that I've, I've got trials in the southeast. And I've moved my business to Hertfordshire, St Albans, where I coach at the moment. And I'm in contact with scouts from Stevenage to Tottenham to Arsenal to Watford to even like non-league clubs like Boreham Wood and St Albans City who are looking to take on players and, uh, and develop them with me. So it's, it's a beautiful prospect and I'm hoping I can just take it to the next level just step by step. And the fact I that respect that so much, man. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I love the fact that you're going for the people under the radar because I may not speak for the rest of us on the team, but the fact that, well, let's not beat around the bush, the fact that we're of ethnic minority in this country, we get a lot of our family and friends that are like really talented at football, but we don't have that other person to go and say, go for that extra step, go for a trial, or go find that out. But the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there, and again, hopefully it gets noticed on this podcast that people under the radar can get viewed and they can have another go and it's I don't really want to mention it but the the Man City player Jeremy Whiston who passed away because of the Man City trial that he didn't go through there could always be another trial there could always be another way of going forward in your career and the fact that you explained it perfectly for us at the beginning you just said your life story and you just showed how you went from such a high in the USA to uh, getting injured but you're at such a high right now with your business and your masters and it's just fantastic to see yeah there's always a greener pasture and i think especially like, rest in peace jeremy by the way just putting that one out there i think he's in he's in a better place now than wherever his mental state was and i hope he's i hope he's there um and i love that just to mention to cole palmer as well for the celebration i put it on my linkedin it was it's a very heartfelt celebration um, but I've seen I've seen Jeremy's instance in a lot in a lot more cases than just him. I think he's in a time he's his his uh, instance and his experiences have been showcased on quite a higher social media level. Um, I don't I don't think a lot of players who have lived in this time would have gone through the same thing with the social media input and output. But I've seen that like with myself, sixteen years old. Yeah, go for it. Go. Yeah, just a quick one, just to bring value to people who. Where who may now be in your position or could be in your position when you got let go or when you had to, where you had to start playing, 
how did you yeah. get past that? Like, how, like, what did you do? Mate, I, I, so I, let me just say so six, 16 years old, Aaron, 16 years old. I'm a, I'm a six foot goalkeeper, flat, medically six foot, as I like to call myself. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a meeting room with my manager and my mum. And he goes to me like, look, we're looking, we're looking into the scholarship year and you can see my face going from a smile to a frown. And he goes, look, unfortunately, we're not in a position where we can offer you a scholarship. And 16 years of age is a young age to be told, like I said, you're going to be the next big goalkeeper. To three years later going, actually, we're going to have to let you go and you don't have a club. It's like being, it's like being unemployed. It's, it's, everything is football in your life and then you get told, oh, sorry, no, we don't have a club for you anymore. <laughs> Um, it's way worse than being unemployed in my opinion. It's, it's way worse. Yeah. So on that that car journey home, I, I'm, I'm proud to say it as well. I, I cried the entire car journey home. My mum offered to stop the car and uh, turn it around and say, "Look, we'll go back and speak to him." Um, a few weeks of sadness. I had some good friends by my side who um, who got me through it in tough times, and it's still the only person that can really like, calm me down, other than my girlfriend right now. Um, and yeah, just luckily I had education to fall back on and I'm in a, I'm in a grateful position. I went to a good grammar school for secondary school. I sort of went, look, I need to kick, I need to kick on now. I'm going into sixth form, uh, don't have a club. Went and played, uh, non-league for Dartford, I just went and sat in their reserves for a bit. Um, and then luckily got the opportunity to be scouted by a, uh, by a USA scout. And then that's, I was lucky enough to have that second opportunity, whereas People, you look at like Jeremy and you look at other people I know that have been released and have just had nothing to do. Then some of them work in finance and some of them work in business, they, but they found second love, but obviously can't find anything else other people. Because again, that's just. Tony, I've, got, Tony, I've, got, I've got a small question, uh, well, a small or a little question. Um, yes. So, in, so you, as you mentioned, uh, you said uh, that everyone was telling you you are the next big thing. Given given that kind of talk and that kind of pedestal or shown that kind of pedestal, is that do you think that's the correct way of going around it, or is it is it better to? Oh no! No, no. Sorry, yeah, sorry to interrupt, mate. That is honestly when I when you look back at it now, it's the worst thing to be told. Yeah. You get given this absolute weight on your shoulders, and I feel like sometimes it definitely it definitely took its toll on me. I'm I'm. Look, 15 playing for Lane Orient. If I can see the goal, I know they're watching. If I if I make a mistake, if I if I miss pass a back pass, they're watching. Um, and but at the time, you're loving it. You're like, oh, I mean, I'm the next, I'm the next Neuer, I'm the next Oliver Kahn. Like, this is this is this is the life. When, where's yeah. my paycheck? But when you look at it in a bigger moment, you're like, well, actually, I'd actually rather you help me get to that point rather than tell me I'm already there. And yeah, it's, it's a tricky situation, but it's yeah, what it is, unfortunately. That, that, that's what I was thinking. Whether you know, being told these these things like you're you are the greatest next person, um, is the correct way of going about it. Because as we all know, like you mentioned at the start, that it was an injury that stopped you from becoming that professional. Now, if you put someone's hopes so high up, and you make them believe that you know you you will make it, and then all of a sudden. It crashes down, um, and you know, it's it's not it's not the same it's not the same feeling again. Or um, you know, you're not mentally. I think that takes the the biggest toll um, on anyone, um, not being not being able to do what you want to do. 
yeah, definitely. And like, it's, it's still something which I wish maybe my family members stepped in and said like, look, let's just calm it down a little bit. But unfortunately in the moment, um, I don't come from a, a very rich background. Um, neither did any of my, my, like my, all my family really. So you're being told like, look, give it, give it 10 years and your son's going to be earning enough money to get you out of your job. You'll be, you won't be working. You'll be, you'll be doing this study of it. Like they're going to live it up and they're going to lump it up. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things. Yeah. And it's just that amount of pressure that you have on you as well, just going forward. Cause you got that at such a young age, you've got your school life, you've got your social life and then you've got your football life as well. Is that how, yeah. Is that how it's it's like now for your your next generation coming through? Basically, do they feel that, or do you talk to them about that on a one-to-one basis? I, I talk to them on it on it about a basis. So if I do see a, a kid that I feel like is is near near the level where I can start to show them, I, I, I'm I like to consider myself more than just the coach, but I'll teach them about responsibility, about leadership. I did I did a session with an under eight group the other day, under sevens, and I made one person on the team, the captain of each of the match we did. We did a match the whole session. And um, if anyone said anything to the referee, I made the captain bring them over and talk to them. You've got to learn these these responsibilities from a young age. And if you don't, you're going to be in trouble when you get to my age. Um, you see, you've got to be more than just a coach. This, this, you've, got to be, you've got to be a leader, you've got to be a role model, and you've got to be responsible for every action they take. So you can't you can't tell them that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the best player in my team. I can run through the entire team. We have what else can you do? Are you a good leader? Are you a good passer? Are you a good defender? Do you work back? What's your work ethic like? And if they don't have any of those other things, I, I sort of turn an eye. They could be the best footballer in the world, but if, they, if their work rate isn't good, then, then, then they're nothing to me, unfortunately. And just, then you need to have all the qualities. You need to talk to Paul Pogba. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, if I was the Man United manager right now, Pogba would be uh, the world's greatest player. I feel like I'd get him moving. I'd get him shifted. I'd get him shifted. Yeah, if, if he had work right, he'd be the best midfielder in the league, man. 100%. 100%. Box to box. He can do the same thing that a lot of midfielders can do, like those, those box to box midfielders, and he can get you those goals. Like, he has do all the dancing you want. Yeah. He has that work rate, but he has it in one in every 10 games. And that's not good enough for any club. Yeah. But that's another topic for another day, I guess. I feel like we'll go through an episode without mentioning Paul Pogba. I was, <laughs> no, happy. I, I was happy I was happy with Declan Rice. You know what, Danny, you, you did mention to me previously regarding the Messi and Ronaldo chat. But again, thank you yes. for the whole academy conversation. We'll go to something lighter. Uh, go Messi right. Ronaldo, what's your what's your opinion on this? Messi, the guy. There's no other answer in this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. You can you can end this you can end this podcast right here. Messi is the greatest of all time. Look, let, let me put it this way. Atlantis or Aris gone, Aris walked out. Danny, it was not telling you, man, but that's just hurt me, man. How can you say Messi? Look, let me let me explain. Cristiano Ronaldo, okay? I think the greatest athlete within football. You stick him into any other sport, he he succeeds. You stick him in as a as a wide receiver in American football. You stick him as a as a point guard or of a shooting guard in in basketball. The athleticism is off the charts. You're never going to see another athlete like like Ronaldo. The only one you can probably compare it to was when Ibrahimovic was younger, and he's obviously just got on a little bit got on a little bit older now. But when you talk about playing the game of football and what Messi can do with his feet, 
and bringing other people into the game and the, and the vision that he has. Messi is the greatest of all time. You will never see another player like Messi. Ronaldo, as you'll see, because they get, they'll, get they'll get bred in a lab somewhere where they just inject steroid into their arms at 19 years of age. But you can't, you can't inject skill, desire, passion into Messi. If Messi had the same fitness levels as he did when he was 25, 26 now, he'd still be doing the same things. So I mentioned someone was like, oh, but he only scores penalties and he, he doesn't track back. And this, that, and the other. Well, that was on our scouting be... course. That was on our scouting course, yeah. I remember. And, oh, he has no right foot. He doesn't defend. He doesn't do this. And I was like, but it's messy. But they just objectively scouted him on that one game. And just, they're just like, nah. You try being 30, 40, 34, 35 years of age and carrying the whole of Barcelona on your back at that age, I'm sure it's quite heavy. I'm sure it's quite heavy. Very you know what? Through this, through, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so through this podcast, I've developed a lot of respect for Danny, which is why I'm not saying anything. So, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. That's why I don't, I don't want to. I'd let him have his let him have his say. Yeah, but the thing is, Danny gave a much better reason than Saf did. I'm sorry, Saf, but he's actually explained it properly. Not just oh, he's 800 and something days older than Ronaldo. Hamza, Hamza, you see the other person you have on the podcast? Yeah, he doesn't give no one chance. Because he can't stand the fact that the, there's a difference between fact and, you know, uh, bias, opinion. Yeah. That's why I put but, Messi in my five aside last week as well. His face <laughs> just dropped. So. Yeah. Facts when, are when you're, when you're an Argentina team and you've got Mascherano at centre back and you've got Eva Benega in centre midfield trying to pass you the ball, you're never going to succeed. Who does, does Ronaldo have with Portugal? When you look at when you look at his time, he was playing with playing with Deco at one point. I feel like we're just going to ask all yeah, of our guests. Yeah, I'll take the silence. Ah, that's a good silence there. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that Ronaldo is one of the most amazing talents of all time, and so is Messi. I'm going to stay impartial to this because, again, I'm, we're planning the whole three four episode debate thing around December time when we can just have our proper Messi side and proper Ronaldo side. So if you ever want to come back and represent Team Messi, more than welcome to. We'd love that, Danny. Yeah, Danny, I'm, I'm at number... I've, I've got the Messi jersey. <laughs> I'm at number on the Messi side, so, you know, I... I, I yeah, we'll... A second. <laughs> you know, we're definitely, we're definitely going to have a proper Ronaldo-Messi debate. And, you know, we need, we need, we need some more Messi people. So that definitely, definitely I want Danny on. Yeah. So... I'm more than happy to join, don't you worry. I want to hear what Vish has to say, because Vish was trying to talk. Yeah, Vish got cough. Well, just quickly, like, if, one question, if it's a World Cup final, you've got one substitution to make, let's say Messi and Ronaldo play for the same team in international level, one substitution to make, a free kick right outside the box, 94th minute. Well, don't get me started. Who do you bring on? That. The fact that you have to actually question yourself on what the answer is, yeah. It means that you... Uh, I don't know what the weather's like up there in up north, but <laughs> there, must be a, there must be a cloud somewhere blocking your service in your head. Nah, mate. Cristiano Ronaldo. Edge of the box. Edge of the box. Edge of the box. Or even a penalty kick or even, you know... I don't know. For some reason, it's a FIFA game. And I think what Vish is trying to say is, is it's a game-winning moment. All the pressure is on you. You know, it's like who can, who's got the most ice-cold veins out of these two to be able to deliver something 
And uh, if you look, like, you know what? I don't want to, Danny, you, you can talk. I'll let Danny talk. I'm giving it to Messi. I, I'm, I, I'm, it may be the bias, okay? It may be the bias that I'm, I'm a better Messi fan than I am a Ronaldo fan. But it, last minute of the game, I want to give it to the goat. And that's just all I've got to say. And the, and the, and the thing is, there, there's another stat here, which since 2016, Messi has scored more free kicks than Ronaldo. Search it up. Get up to stats. We've got staff stats here. I like staff stats. I like what staff stats are doing right I now. I think they study them for this reason, for this purpose, because I know that to eliminate bias, you have to bring stats into the show. No, I look forward to December. We'll give our fans, you know, a nice Christmas present. There's three certainties on this podcast, and one of them is Messi, one of them is Ronaldo, and one of them is Pogba. <laughs> Use them in clip base. Perfectly fine. Yeah, you forget, yeah. It would be four with Grealish, but unfortunately he's not here, is he? So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a karma podcast about Grealish being mentioned, I have to say. That's we true. love Salim and everything, but it was, it was <laughs> nice talking about West Ham and Academy as well. To be, fair, to be fair, you have to be respectful to him because um, Grealish was fantastic yesterday. I don't know if you saw, saw the game. He was uh, they beat Arsenal. Arsenal. I'm just happy they beat Arsenal and the fact that Grealish, Barkley and McGinn are just a fantastic midfield pairing. Actually, Danny, who would you say? Suchek and Rice versus McGinn and Barkley. Who's, who's ahead of them? Because I feel like where, where you've got Barkley and McGinn, I see them as two sort of attacking-minded players. Because they had them as, like Whereas, a, as a pivot, didn't you? Because, again, you'd have like four nows in there, I'd imagine. But you're playing a different system this year with five at the back. I feel I feel Suchek and Rice is is a brick wall. It's a brick wall. As I, I, I've said to other people before, it's a brick wall in front of another brick wall of a back five. Um, so it makes it very difficult. Where Ross Barkley, I feel, is getting on the ball. He's going around one player. He's trying to slot in what Ollie Watkins in behind, and like a nice little reverse pass. Declan Rice isn't doing that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so attacking wise, I, I love what uh, is it? Dean Smith is the manager there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Dean Smith. Is that? Yeah, I love what Dean Smith's doing. I, I love the project that he's got there. Um, Tyrone Mings and Esri Konsa. I feel like are only going to kick on. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Emilio Martinez is a very, very good goalkeeper, as we've seen recently being brought to light. Um, and then, like, Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish, and whoever else is on that in that front three, just it's only going to kick on. But I've got, I've got to go, yeah, the Trez- maybe Trezeguet a little bit. And maybe they can try and get someone in the summer. Mm. To, I haven't seen enough of him, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I, I, different purposes. You, you use different tools for different tasks. So... You want to score, if you want to go and score goals, get Grealish, Ollie Watkins, Barkley and McGinn and try to go. If you want to maybe score the occasional goal and stop the other team from scoring, go and get yourself Declan Rice and Thomas Ducek and, and four nows and whoever's in front of them. Yeah, it makes complete sense that. And as we're ending our podcast, I'm going to leave that with you, Danny. If you need to plug whatever you need to plug or if you want to advertise whatever you want to advertise and then it's all good to go. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, uh, obviously... Uh, I'll, I'll ask Hamza to drop all the uh, the, the links in, into the into the page, but it's at Next Up Coaching. That's N X T Up Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking to join the movement or you think you've got someone who needs to be spotted, I'm I'm always interested to look at a, look at a player and see what they've got. 
any age group, any, like you said, any ethnicity, any background, no player is left unturned. That's my, my slogan. No player is left unturned. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to take this next generation of English footballers into, or British footballers into the, into the next stages. So, yeah, that's that's can, I, can I just say? Can I just say one more thing, Danny? Danny, I think you've got the mentality to do it. Like listening to you right now, you've definitely got the mentality uh, to do it, and I've got no doubt that you're going to be doing something big in in the game, man. Hundred percent. Thanks a lot, man. That means a lot. That means a lot. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, if you want, if you want to sign West Man United to my team, okay, I might bring you on as a, as a board of director or something. <laughs> All right, cool, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's already got his, his extra scout up here, so I'm already scouting for Danny. It's all well and exactly. good. Exactly. It's just a lot of parents who want to just transfer their son 100 miles down southeast again. So I'm just like, nah, leave it for a while. Uh, uh, but no, anyone else got anything to say? No, I um, uh, just want to say thanks to Danny uh, for um, joining us today. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, same again. Thanks, Danny, man. You're doing a really, really good job, and you know, you're going to. Gonna, you're gonna smash it. That's all I can say, really. And, um, yeah, hope Cheers, to, next, next time I'm here, I'm sure I'll be back. Uh, yeah, I hope to have you on the Messi versus Ronaldo podcast in December. That'll be. I'll be there. Hamza's got my number. Hamza's got my number. It's all good. Danny, it's a pleasure talking to you again. I do have to say this before we leave. Danny is probably the first guy I've not met who I've become friends with via Zoom. We've not actually met in person because we met on our scouting course. So again, anyone listening, Danny is a PFSA level three scout. If you do need a scout in uh, Hertfordshire, St. Albans, he's there for you uh, again with his academy as well. So Danny, it's a pleasure as always, mate. And we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you very much, everyone, for a lovely episode. Stay safe in the lockdown. And take care. See you all next week. Bye. Peace. Come on, you islands. Bye.